after the boom of Y2K pop was coming to an end in early 2002, the music world was shifting to a more urban sound. Suddenly, the general public wasn't as interested in the famous Max Martin sound that shaped the sound of artists like Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and Britney Spears, and instead were leaning towards a more hip-hop sound. Enter Ashanti. Her debut self-titled studio album was a blockbuster smash. Released in the spring of 2002, the album is home to classics such as Foolish, Unfoolish, Happy, and Baby, amongst others. This week, join me as we take a ride into the world of Ashanti and go back in time to when Murder Inc. Records ran the music world, see-through jelly purses were on the arms of every teen girl, and Baby Fat and Fat Form were the hottest brands in the stores. So sit back, relax, and don't get too foolish as we dive into the world of Ashanti. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Planet 2000s podcast. This is your host, Michael Kadosh. This week, we are talking about Ashanti, the princess of hip-hop and R&B, especially in the 2000s. As far as that day gets concerned, she pretty much had that genre on lock. And so we are going to be talking about her debut album today. And it's an album that I always loved as a child. I knew every song and jammed to it quite a bit as I was prepping this episode. So hopefully you guys can have that little burst of nostalgia as well. Ashanti is the debut studio album by American R&B Princess Ashanti. Released on April 2nd, 2002 on Murder, Inc. and Island Def Jam Records, it was recorded primarily in 2001 and 2002, around the time that Ashanti was also writing hits for many other artists, as well as becoming the prime female artist for hip-hop features. The album is an R&B and hip-hop soul album, with guest appearances from Irv Gotti, Ja Rule, and the iconic late Notorious B.I.G., who Ashanti actually sang and auditioned in front of back in 1994, when she was only 14 years old and gunning for a record deal with Puffy's Bad Boy Records. The deal didn't pan out, but she definitely got her Biggie collab after all on this album, and we'll talk about it in a bit. Ashanti went on to sign to both Jive Records and Epic Records over the years before finally finding a home in Murder, Inc. in the early 2000s when she was discovered by Irv Gotti. was downstairs doing chores, vacuuming, and my mom is like, no television, no radio, just do what you have to do. So then she comes flying down the steps yelling at me. She's like, I thought I told you no radio. And I'm like, Ma, that was me singing. And she said, what? Let me hear that again. So I actually sang uh, Reminisce by Mary J. Blige. And after that, we started doing local talent shows, shopping a deal. Got a deal at 14 with Jive Records. Irv Gotti thought it would be a good idea to get Ashanti to pen hooks for his rap artists and perform them in duets. She was first featured as a background vocalist on a big pun record before lending her vocals to two Cadillac Ta joints and Vita songs. She went on to write both the I'm Real and Ain't It Funny Murder remixes for Jennifer Lopez and also provided background vocals for the songs that stayed uncredited. Shady. Yeah, I wrote a song for her and I also referenced I'm Real for her and they left my background vocals on the record. And people, they say, you know, are you the ghost voice for her? <laughs> you heard that? Yes, I heard that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I referenced the record for her, which is, you know, done a lot in the music industry. And they left my background vocals on there, so. And that's the end of it. You're not the ghost voice, right? <laughs> not the ghost voice of J-Lo. Well, I demoed the record for her. That was way, way back. That was before I was signed mm-hmm. to Murder, Inc. Um, and they kept my hook. And, you know, they kept some of the backgrounds and ad-libs and stuff like that. And it was funny. It was a bittersweet because I was really excited because it was J-Lo. You know what I mean? But I was so mad at Earth because I was like, you know I wanted that record. <laughs> I always, ever since I saw Friday, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mary Jane. I was like, you give me that. I 
want that record. I was so mad, but I, I was I was happy at the same time because it was J Lo. She was also upset by the fact that both of these songs ended up going to J Lo when she said explicitly to Irv Gotti that she wanted to keep both of those songs for herself for her own solo album, which was in the works at the time. Specifically, I Am Real, which she really wanted. But obviously, you know, the opportunity to write a song for Jennifer Lopez, who was one of the biggest artists at the time, was just an opportunity that Ashanti couldn't pass up to get her name out there. And, you know, over the years, social media has latched onto the story and used it as a way to drag Jennifer Lopez. But the fact of the matter is, it is not uncommon for artists to use other people's background vocals on their songs. The difference is, here, the background vocalist became a superstar in her own right, which rarely ever happened. So we're able to recognize her voice on the songs I'm Real and Ain't It Funny, but if this were a usual case, we wouldn't even be thinking twice. At least back then we wouldn't have. So, you know, you guys have to keep that in mind when you're shading Jennifer Lopez. At the end of the day, it's not like she stole songs from Ashanti or stole vocals from Ashanti. Realistically, the songs were presented to J-Lo as they were for her. It wasn't like she was like, I like this song, I'm gonna steal it, you know? Irv Gotti presented them to J-Lo saying, hey, we have a song for you. And J-Lo recorded her vocals. It was Irv and all of them who left Ashanti's backgrounds on the song and didn't credit her, which is is ironic because they were the ones who were supposed to be looking out for her because she was signed to Murder, Inc. But it obviously all worked out in the end for Ashanti because she ended up having an immense solo career. The notoriety that she got from writing those songs led into her having the features on songs like Always On Time, like What's Love, therefore having her setup for success for when she did end up releasing her solo music. Ashanti was featured on Ja Rule's Always On Time and Fat Joe's What's Love, and the rest is history. It was time for her to make her solo debut. The production on the debut album was helmed by Irv Gotti, Seven Aurelius, Chink Santana, Jared Thomas, and Reggie Wright, and there were three official singles that were released from the album, Foolish, Happy, and Baby. So let's get into it. So I just wanted to take a minute to let you know about this amazing small business that I have been working with recently. They go by Jaden Collections and it's all kinds of fun little accessories. You got jewelry, graphic tees, stickers for your laptop. You can get some new trendy masks because we all know how the COVID's been going and just fun little trinkets for everyday life. Go to jadencollections.com. Jaden is spelled J-A-Y-D-E-N. And just for you guys, if you enter the code PLANET2000s on their website, you can get 20% off anything. So if you want to get some fun little earrings, some bracelets, some graphic tees, just enter the Planet 2000's code, and you can get 20% off at Jaden Collections. For a small town biz mama doing her thing, and they are blowing up, please go and support you guys. Thank you guys for listening to Planet 2000's. Back to the podcast. The first single that was released from the album and served as the debut single for Ashanti in her solo career was Foolish. The single was released officially on January 29th, 2002, and has gone on to become one of the most successful songs of the 2000s decade. It was written by Ashanti, Seven Aurelius, Edeline Jordan, Mark DeBarge, and Irv Gotti, with Gotti overseeing complete production of the track. The song used three prominent samples in its beat, DeBarge's Stay With Me, as well as One More Chance remix by The Notorious B.I.G. and MVP by Big L. came together one night we were all in a crack house not a real crack house that's the name of the studio was murdering studio was called the crack house um right and irv was talking about i don't know some chicks that he was dealing with or some girl whatever and he was just like man we could you gotta write something about like a girl like you know like just She's not doing the right thing. And, you know, she keeps dealing with this dude. And I think he was, like, in hindsight, talking about himself being a dude that was kind of messed up and dealing with the girl. And she keeps dealing with him knowing that he's messed up. And um, 
he was always good for like throwing out topics and ideas and stuff like that. And him and Seven pulled up the DeBarge beat. And it's funny because Puff and Irv had this argument for years. You know, Diddy would be like, those are my shakers. That's one more chance. And Irv was like, nah, that's DeBarge. But um, they pulled the beat up and um, he gave me the idea. He left. I wrote the whole record. He came back and completely lost his mind. Like, I don't know if you know Irv personally, but he's super animated. Like he's running across the floor screaming, yo, yo, she wrote this. You know, it was, it was, it was a good moment. It was a good moment. And before the record was completed, that bridge wasn't on there. And he was originally, he reached out to Jay to do a verse instead of that bridge. And he called him, he sent Jay the record, and Jay was like, I'm in. He said, I want to get on the record. And I think, I don't know if he came up to the office or what, but Irv changed his mind. And he was like, you know what, that's typical. I'm not going to do the typical R&B record and get the big rapper to co-sign it. He said, I'm going to make her write an ill verse. And I wrote, see, when I get the strength to leave you. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's how that came about. That's right. You heard it here, guys. Jay-Z was supposed to be on the record, but honestly, I'm happy he wasn't because it was a total moment just for Ashanti and it was going to follow that classic, you know, rapper and artist, you know, female singer formula that Mariah Carey set up in the 90s that became really big for Ashanti with Always on Time and What's Love and whatnot. I'm happy that she didn't have Jay-Z on the song because as big as that would have been, she ended up writing an amazing verse for the bridge, which is the best part of the song. And it really was a moment just for her, which I'm sure helped in the immense success of this album. The music video for Foolish was directed by Irv Gotti and served as a catalyst for the success of the song. Murder Inc. Records and their entire roster were having a major moment in music. Similar to when Bad Boy Records and Death Row Records took over the hip-hop world in the 90s, Murder Inc. was doing the same thing in the early 2000s. They kept it all in the family, so when it came time for them to premiere their one and only female artist, they got all the heavy hitters on the labels, such as Charlie Baltimore, Vita, Irv Gotti, and Ja Rule behind her. They appearance in the video along with actor Terrence Howard playing her love interest and followed a love story of a relationship between a gang member who was played by Howard and a beautiful young woman played by Ashanti. The video is set in the fashion of the movie Goodfellas and was a major success on MTV, BET, and VH1. So every single genre, every single format, every single audience was loving Foolish. An iconic remix of the song titled Unfoolish was also recorded and released on the album and features legendary West Coast rapper The Notorious B.I.G. with a verse from his track Fucking You Tonight. The remix was released as a promotional single and used as a tool to further push the single Foolish and was subsequently included on Ashanti's album after it was so well received at radio stations and on the blogs oh my gosh that night we went up to um diddy's studio and we sat with no diddy puff was there we sat with puff and harv and we were like come on puff we need the first <laughs> he loved the record <laughs> and we were sitting up there like please give us the verse it's just it, it's so perfect you know what i mean and he gave us the verse harv got everything and at that time it was dats remember like the little uh yeah yeah it was it yeah, was tapes yeah exactly and um i think irv ran out the office <laughs> like he stole something Overall, Foolish was an immense success on the charts. It spent 10 weeks at number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, becoming her first solo number one hit 
and her second number one on the chart after Always on Time with Ja Rule, which topped the charts the previous year. In 2009, Billboard ranked Foolish 19th on the Hot 100 Songs of the 2000s Decade chart. The song itself charted very well worldwide as well, reaching number four in the UK, number six in Australia, and number eight in the Netherlands. It was certified two times platinum in America, platinum in Australia, and gold in the UK. The song was nominated for Best Female R&B Vocal Performance at the 2003 Grammys, but lost to Mary J. Blige for He Don't Think I Know. But no fear, guys. Ashanti did end up a winner that night, but more on that later. The next single on the album was Happy, and it was released as a second single on June 17, 2002. It was written by Ashanti, Chink Santana, and Irv Gotti, the dream team for this album, basically, with the latter two taking care of the production of the song. The track contains a sample of Gap Band's 1982 song Outstanding, giving it that old-school roller derby feel. Tell me that you don't want to run to the indoor roller skating when you hear this song. It's giving me, you know, Cherish Do It To It, Jessica Simpson, A Public Affair. Just is fun and upbeat, and I love it. The music video for the song, which features additional raps by Ja Rule, shows Ashanti with her girls driving around her neighborhood and dancing in the streets. A fun, carefree music video for a fun, carefree song. It fit the vibe perfectly, and it was a fun summer anthem for 2002. The song charted well in the USA, peaking at number 8 on the Hot 100, and also reached number 6 on the hip-hop R&B charts. Worldwide, it wasn't as successful, but it did still make some noise, reaching number 10 in the Netherlands, number 13 in the UK, and number 29 in Australia. The third single released from the album was Baby, and it was released on November 17th, 2002. The dramatic R&B slow jam was a standout on the album, particularly for its inclusion of the track Mary Jane from Scarface, who also ended up being featured on the song's remix. Written by Ashanti, Irving Lorenzo, Andre Parker, Brad Jordan, Mike Dean, and Seven Aurelis, Baby served as a departure for the artist, who up until that point had only released up-tempo tracks as singles to radio, broadening her range as an artist. The music video for the song is as dramatic as the instrumentation itself, starring actress Nia Long, who also co-directed the video, showing a love story and tumultuous relationship mirroring the lyrics of the actual song. This was a different video for me because I was like the narrator. You know, Nia, Nia Long, she co-directed and I was super excited to have her be a part of the video. She was super nice. And again, it was different because I was narrating what was happening, you know, and with the record, I feel like lyrically I painted a visual. It's kind of sick how I'm stuck on you. And we kind of brought it to life, you know, just kind of just being so crazy about someone, you know what I mean? And just having that person kind of bring everything out of you. Baby reached number 15 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and number 7 on the U.S. Billboard Hip Hop R&B Tracks charts. Worldwide, it didn't do much, although it did chart at number 48 in the Netherlands and number 89 in Germany. But the song has a lasting legacy and it was even sampled by DaBaby on one of his recent tracks, even though... You know, we don't love the baby, but I can appreciate a solid sample of an Ashanti track, ladies and gentlemen, okay? I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. Reviews for the album were mixed, with Entertainment Weekly commending the album's coy hooks and jagged-edged rappers, continuing to say that her voice is supple and pretty, but rarely rises above a whisper, making it a background instrument, even when it's Ashanti's turn to shine. And that seemed to be the overall consensus with the critics. Cute songs, pretty voice, but lacks the power of a Whitney Houston. Rolling Stone, on the other hand, complimented the overall production of the album, with its bass-heavy, slow-burning R&B grooves, and noted that Ashanti's voice is the perfect radio-ready R&B instrument, strong enough to ride over street-savvy beats, 
but unassuming enough to be open to interpretation. Better than Britney, but less distinctive than Mary J. Blige. I love that they just had to throw Britney in there, by the way, as always. A big review for this album, however, that kind of has very interestingly aged is the New York Times. They threw Ashanti's name in the mix when they were actually reviewing Beyonce's album, Dangerously in Love, comparing her work to Ashanti's, saying that she was cute, but was no Ashanti, trying to create some type of feud between the two. And here's what Ashanti had to say about that all these years later, because interviewers seem to be asking her quite a lot about this review that the New York Times left, stating that, you know, they thought Ashanti was better than Beyonce. I mean, it was an amazing feeling. I feel like... I feel like the critics, you know, the media, people always put us against each other, but we never had beef. It was always all love. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, I like your shoes. You know what I mean? It was that kind of thing. I think we're two very different artists. I think we bring, you know, our different music to the table. And I think there's room, you know? Um, Again, I didn't like the fact that people always put us together, but it's a competitive business, you know? There's only one number one spot. Both working very, very hard, you know? I was extremely happy, you know, just being with Murder, Inc. We had an amazing wave, and I love the music we were doing, and it just felt right. Yes, girl, handle them with class, baby, as always. Ashanti performed as the opening act to Mariah Carey's Charm Bracelet World Tour in 2003 to promote the album, and appeared on numerous talk shows and award shows to promote the album, including the 2002 MTV VMAs and the 2003 Grammy Awards, where she was nominated for three awards, Best New Artist, Best Female R&B Vocal Performance, and Best Contemporary R&B Album, for which she took home the award, beating out Brandy, Faith Evans, Floetry, and Michelle and Cello. She also took home a record, eight Billboard Music Awards, winning all the categories she was nominated for. The consensus amongst the music industry was that Ashanti was the new R&B princess, filling the void that was left by Aaliyah after she passed in summer 2001. The sales for the album were blockbuster. In April 2002, Ashanti sold 503,000 copies in its first week of release in America breaking the record for a highest first week sales for a female artist debut ever. I had to keep lining my name up with the numbers to make sure it was right. You know, I set myself up for number two, you know, when they told me, all right, Celine Dion, you know, she dropped her album. You know, it's going to be a tough one. So I'm like, all right, number two's not bad. And when they told me, you know, we actually made number one, I was ecstatic, definitely. It went on to stay at the top of the Billboard 200 charts for three more weeks. That same week, Ashanti also was simultaneously holding the top two spots on the Billboard Hot 100 with the songs Foolish and What's Love, making her the first female performer to do so ever. She then broke more records by having three top 10 songs in one time. Foolish, What's Love, and Always On Time. It actually was four songs because that J-Lo Ain't Funny remix was in the top 10 at the same time, but we all know that Ashanti did not receive her credit for the vocals and co-writing that she did on the track, but Ashanti herself counts it, so hey. We will too. (laughs) The album went on to be certified three times platinum in the USA for sales of 3.6 million copies. The album was also certified two times platinum in Canada and platinum in both the UK and Japan, bringing the worldwide sales of the album to an impressive 6 million copies. Ashanti has recently announced that she will be pulling a Taylor Swift and re-recording her debut album in order for her to finally be able to own her masters to her music. She will also be receiving Star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame next year to coincide with the re-release of this record. And here's what she had to say. You know, it is, again, it's so surreal. Um, I have an amazing legal team and I got my first record deal when I was 14 years old. Mm. So understanding and seeing how things have changed so much from then to now and conceptually understanding what you're signing is so imperative and so important nowadays. 
Um, the fact that I'll be able to re-record my first album and put everything together. Wait, that's the big announcement. I was going to build up to that. <laughs> oh. Ashanti <laughs> is re-recording. Irv Gotti has gone on to call Ashanti disloyal for this, but bro, she doesn't own the masters to her music because she was caught up in a deal a bad deal that you set up for her. So why are you not here to support women being powerful and in control of their voice? She wrote these songs. She recorded these songs. This was her voice and she deserves to have the right to own her masters. So I'm here for Ashanti doing this project, re-recording this album, and I can't wait to hear the re-record next year. And in the meantime, let's enjoy this album, the throwbacks, so timeless. And Ashanti, we will be here supporting you next year when you put out the re-record. And I hope you guys all have a little blast of nostalgia because I know I was a huge Ashanti fan growing up and I'm sure you guys were too. So thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And if you guys have any other recommendations of albums that you want me to cover, make sure to hit me up on my Instagram at Planet2000s. You guys have an amazing day and I'm here to tell you that I'm so happy, baby. (laughs) Have a great day, guys. (laughs) 